Hey everybody, welcome to Way of the Fist. I'm your co-host, Michael Hagan, and I am joined by uh, with our, our other co-host, Jonathan CV. So, Jonathan, what are we doing here? Well, I think we're talking a little bit about our, our own personal stories here. I think we're introducing the, the podcast as it is and having a little fun along the way. Yeah. So, uh, Way of the Fist, huh? What are, what are, what are we going to be talking about here on Way of the Fist? Um, well, I'd like to talk about some good karate. Um, I'd like to talk about a little bit of, uh, you know, some book reviews. We're going to talk about some competition reviews, competition in general, our, our feelings on it, our pros and cons and, and thoughts about it, uh, as well as our own personal uh, journey through traditional karate, not not strictly competition, because we both have a competition background, but we also have a very strong traditional background as well. Yep. And we'll be bringing in some some guests, and we'll be, you know, just just keeping it light and trying to pepper in some good information where we can. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, I've it's it's you know we've kind of been dancing around this project for uh, a long time now. We uh, yeah. You know, we've both been on other podcasts, other karate-related podcasts. I have uh, my own podcast through the Apex Karate Performance Channel, but we've had, well, let's just say we've 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 had many many uh, karate and martial arts-related conversations over the past several years. Countless hours. Countless, Countless hours. hours. What would yeah. you say a a short FaceTime call to talk about karate is? Is what two hours is a short one? That might be, yeah, that, that might be the very shortest. <laughs> yeah, the very shortest. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I'm glad that, that, that we're finally able to, to get and kind of do this in a, in a structured, well, somewhat structured format, yeah. if you will. Yeah, so I, I have to, to confess something here, too, because um, I brought this up to you a couple of weeks ago. I was at the gym. I was working out. I was listening to another uh, karate podcast. I'm not going to say which one. And all I could think of was, I think the world needs better karate podcasts. Uh, at least something a little more uh, fun to listen to anyways. Yep. So I reached out to you. I said, hey, bro, we should do a podcast. Yep. In my mind, I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be like a really cool 2022 project. Yeah. And like... I blinked and all of a sudden there was like a profile on Instagram. There was a Facebook profile. There was an email made. There was artwork done. And all of a sudden you're like, hey, bro, here's an outline of 10 episodes. Let's go. We're doing this podcast like right now. <laughs> Waste no time. <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. Well, you know, yeah, that's kind of, you know, I mean, uh, how do we say it? I, I, it's just one more thing on my you know, list of, of projects that I'm working on, you know, as, as I, yeah. as I mentioned, you know, I've got the, the other podcast, I've got the YouTube channel, you know, coaching, teaching, you know, it's kind of the same things that, that you're doing right now. And so it, it, it wasn't really that much extra of uh, a workload, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm just over here just playing with a newborn. <laughs> <laughs> Well, going to the dojo when I can. <laughs> that will that will have uh, an impact, either positive yeah. or negative, on your karate training. Depends on <laughs> how yeah. you look at it. Yeah. Luckily, I've been able to get in some pretty good training here uh, 
the past few weeks, I've uh, trained with a current U.S. team member. Um, oh, yeah. The, the Kumite Skills Sharp. Uh-huh. Uh, I've been able to go to the dojo, you know, roughly three nights a week. Uh, I, I wish it was more like six days a week, but it's not not realistic right now. So. Yeah, absolutely. I but understand. That's a that's a pretty good segue. So let's uh, let's talk about ourselves a little bit for those of us, you know, those yeah. our viewers here who don't know who yeah. we are. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Why don't you go well, ahead why and kick it, us off? Would you, oh, you, you want a, me to kick it off? Okay. Yeah, kick it off with a brief background. Let's do um, what you're doing, where you came from, what styles you know, all the stuff, all the all the basic stuff that everybody wants to ask. What style of karate do you do? What, what style of karate do I do? Well, I do the flow called. Uh, well, okay. Well, let's just start back at the beginning. I guess it's the easier way to do it. You know, for, this is for, supposed to be our short podcast, by the this way. Is this is going to be a short podcast. Episode. Okay, so this one's supposed to be the short one. The short one. Okay, <laughs> so the the short beginning, way back, long yeah. story. Uh, well, I started training karate when I went to Japan, mm-hmm. and um, what year was, was that? That was 1993. So, and how I old went, were you at that point in time? I was 19. 19. Okay. Yeah. So, and you, I, you I, that I, was you, you were going to for like a college trip, right? That's correct. So I just went on a student exchange. It wasn't that I was going to Japan to train karate specifically. I mean, I knew that when I got there, I wanted to train karate, even though I knew almost nothing about karate. Uh, And I knew that that was one of the experiences that I wanted to have on my student exchange. But Mm -hmm. going to Japan, the the purpose of going to Japan wasn't specifically for karate. That ended up being probably one of the highlights of my trip. Uh, of my time living there. But um, so that that was kind of my start. I uh, and if you want to hear more about those some of those adventures, you can head over to our good friend, uh, Josh Simmers, uh, Okinawa Karate podcast, where where I go into a lot of in depth talk about that. Uh, after that, I returned to the United States, finished college along the way. Well, I, let's, let's take a quick step back while you were in Japan, and you were um, joining the karate club. In university, you were doing shitoryu? That was shitoryu, yes. Yeah, so that shitoryu. was shitoryu. Again, like I had no knowledge of what, or understanding, right. I guess, of what, what style that was or what different styles were. I just knew that some people's kata looked a little different. Um, some people mm-hmm. did kankudai and some people did kurudumpa. And, you know, there was even one guy who did, dare I say it, uh, wado kata. But, uh, ooh. ooh, I know, right? <laughs> no offense to any of our wado friends out there. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just not something you see much in kata competition. So, but I didn't know any of that. And I just did, they told me to do, you know, Heian Yondan and Basai Dai and Seinjin, whatever. So those, those were the kata that I did. Yeah. And then I went back. So I ended up making contact with, there was a dojo in my other city, in another city in my state, um, pretty far away, about an eight hour drive, eight to nine hour drive. Um, but that was affiliated with the same organization that I was with in my university karate club. And I met one of the, the, the primary students that one of the head students there at my university and we started training together. And then a couple of years later ended up being on the national team together for the United States competed in the world championships and Pan American championships a couple times. And then um, did that for a few years. And then um, after getting married, I ended up moving to California, where I uh, started training with my current sensei, uh, Oshiro Toshihiro sensei, in his 
Shimaha Shoden Ryu Karate and Yamani Chinen Ryu Bojutsu. But it was really the Bojutsu was the reason that I went there, not the Karate. In fact, I didn't even know what Karate that he did when I got there. I just wanted mm. to learn the bow. I'd seen one of his students competing a couple times with a bow, and it just seemed very different than any of mm. the other Kobodo that I'd seen before, and that hadn't really interested me. So so let me uh, ask you this quick question, too, and I yeah. don't think it's been asked on any of your other um, uh, interviews before. Uh, do you think that, without going into too many specifics, your profession influenced your desire to learn Bojutsu over Karate while you were studying with Oshiro Sensei, or was it just you didn't want to do a different Karate than what you already knew? So uh, I would say that, uh, no, not, ooh, that's a tough question. So initially, no. The, the, the impetus, I guess, was I, I had seen other Kobodo, and mm-hmm. it didn't really seem interesting to me Yeah. Uh, in that I didn't really see what drew everybody to it. Right. Um, and then when I saw Yamani Ryu, it seemed so different. I mean, our, the, the body mechanics are different. The way of swinging the bow is different. The way of holding the bow is different. The way that you grip the bow or the bow moves in the hand. And when I saw it, my first impression was that this is what karate was supposed to look like, mm. I think mm. would be a way to describe it. I mean, we're talking, you know, 1999, I think, was the first time I saw Yamane Dyu, mm-hmm. um, sometime around that time frame. But I, I thought, this is, this is it. This is what, and I didn't know the distinction between what not, uh, you know, Kobodo history and all of that stuff, but I thought that it was so different than what everybody else was doing in the body mechanics. And the person that I saw, uh, his name was Eric Klinger, and he was uh, one of my sensei's primary students at the time. He's since gone off to do different things. But so it wasn't that it was just, you know, like a yellow belt or a green belt doing it or whatever. It was, it was a, a fairly high level practitioner. And so, um, the contrast between everything else I saw was what drew me. Hmm. And then, kind of, I mean, we can get into this maybe uh, in a different topic, but other things that I've experienced since then have kind of solidified my understanding of why we do some of the things that we do now. Right. Makes sense. So, uh, and that was that was kind of it. We, we, we moved to California. I started training with o- o- Oshiro Sensei. And again, like I said, I didn't know anything about his, his Kobodo, I'm sorry, his mm-hmm. Karate. And it, you know, it ends Shimaha Shoden Yu, which is a, a branch, I guess, of way to describe it, of uh, Matsubayashi Ryu. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's did kind of. Did he invite you to train uh, karate with him at that point in time? Or did he just have this? He, he knew that you were only there for Kobudo. So uh, I don't think that it was either really that or the other. I mean, mm-hmm. I know I had spoken with Eric, and Eric had. Uh, told him that I was coming, but I really just showed up. I mean, I, I did karate class and I did everything. Um, but what drew me, and I, I don't know if he, if I'd really, I mean, I can't remember exactly how I expressed it then. I, I, I remember I just showed up one day mm. um, and he's like, oh, okay, uh, you know, go train. 
you know, welcome, and go, go train. Yeah. And so, th- so we started from there and he didn't really, um, he didn't really, uh, treat me any differently or anything like that. You know, his, his, you know, the, 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 the pinan kata or the hand kata were largely identical in movement, overall movement. I mean, you, 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 you have, you know, some of those kata also. So the embosome was the same, but how you do them is different. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that, that, that was that, it wasn't that huge of a transition. You know, the thing about studio is studio, I guess is kind of the, I don't know if maybe this is the right analogy or whatever, but like kind of like a chameleon of karate, right? It's Mabuni sensei was some people have called Mabuni sensei a collector of kata. So, yeah, you know, we have the shurite side, we have the nahate side, you know, there's arguably some, you know, you know, papuden or, 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 or whatnot, you know, some supposedly like white crane type influence in there. And Mabuni Sensei made up a couple of his own kata, Shimpa, for example. And so if you have a strong foundation in Shitoryu, you can kind of, uh, you're, 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 it's easier to adapt, I believe. So that, that was kind of it. We, we, we went to Oshiro Sensei and then, you know, I, I ended up getting a, a full-time job and, you know, family things happened and we ended up moving away from, because of my job. And so there was kind of a, a, a break there for a little while, but uh, then we got back to it uh, a while back, and um, now I'm, you know, back training Yamane Ryu and uh, Shimaha Shoden Ryu, and that's mm-hmm. kind of, kind of my my gig right now. In addition to that, and uh, kind of one of the things that that uh, connect us also is, you know, our, our, our work coaching uh, some athletes with Apex Karate Performance. So, mm-hmm. and we can talk about that a, l- a little bit more, but that's kind of a a competition, a competition-specific coaching initiative, um, yeah, and uh, goes from there. Yeah. So, but that's kind of me. But let's uh, let's let everybody know. You know, I've been on, on on a few podcasts. You've been on Josh's podcast. But let's tell everybody uh, a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, well, I kind of follow the same format as you. I started in 1992. Um, I was seven years old at the time. Uh, I was in upstate New York. I was, I started in the bomb shelter of Hugh C. Williams High School. Yeah, bomb shelter. It was cool. Like, um, like on rainy days and stuff, like our classes would have recess down there. So like, I was pretty familiar with it as like the dojo and our like play area. (laughs) Um, But it was a a Shotokan based system. They call themselves like Zendokai, but I remember having the Shotokan Tiger uh, on the front of our black t-shirt and then like a like guy doing a flying sidekick on the back with a, Gotta have like a flying sidekick. Yeah. Uh, with the, like the really, really cheesy, like quote, Asian writing of Zendokai. Like, uh, I don't know how, you, I don't even just like triangles, <laughs> you know, like, you, you know, the, the, the block print. <laughs> it's, it's so bad, but it was so cool at the time. I was like, man, this is like, I am it's, Asian now. Like this is, it's all cool <laughs> until you know better. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but uh, due to some family circumstances, I ended up having to move away. So I ended up moving to Pennsylvania and living with my mother. And there was a little little bit of a lull in my uh, karate training. And I kind of, I don't know, I, I, I liked to be a loner. I liked to like hang out in my room a lot and stuff like that. And finally, my stepdad was like, hey, come watch this movie with me. And... Like we got through this movie 
at first I was like, man, this movie looks so bad. I don't, I don't want to watch this, but I guess I will because I have no choice. Once we got to the end of it, I was like, got to sign me back up for karate because I got to be able to do these moves. I got to do it. I, I was up immediately already kicking and you know punching and everything that I could remember. Uh, Enter the Dragon. So, so what was the movie? Enter the Dragon. Enter the Dragon. Okay. Yeah, Enter, Enter the, the Dragon. dragon. Yeah, Bruce Lee, Enter the Dragon. And okay. So my mom ended up finding, um, this is before internet, so she was flipping through the yellow pages, and we ended up finding um, a Tung Sudo school, uh, like about three towns over in Tunkhannock, Pennsylvania, which, ironically enough, our good friend, Josh Simmers from the Okinawa Karate Podcast, that's his yep. hometown. Yep. Um, uh, there was two karate schools in that town. I went to one. He went to the other. We never even crossed paths until we were <laughs> in Okinawa together, which is really funny. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I did Tong Sudo for years and years and years. And um, I was like getting ready to test for my Shodan level. Um, I was at that, you know, they call it Chodan Bo, but, mm -hmm. you know, in other karate systems, they say Chodan Ho, right? That right. like black belt candidate getting ready to go. It's really first cue, just ready to go. Um, and I ended up having to move again. And I moved to Virginia and there were no Tong Sudo schools here to kind of like get back in the groove of things. So I started training in a very Americanized Shodan GDU Karate system. Um, okay. Yeah, it was very, very Americanized. So we did the traditional like Shodan Yukata, um, but there was a lot of personal influence <laughs> added to the kata rather than like keeping to what the tradition should be. Um, and and I, I don't want to go into too much of the history of that particular organization or anything like that, but uh, 2007, I actually went to Japan for my first time um, and I went to a Shodan GDU dojo in Toyama, Japan. And I, I went there to kind of reconnect because there had been a disconnect from the U.S. to, to Japan. And I was kind of like, a, let's just go as an ambassador and let's see what, see what we can do. And, you know, the, the sensei there was uh, Takamori sensei, who was mm -hmm. the, the head of the entire organization. Um, he brought me in and said I could train and, and, you know, let me do, uh, it was about six classes with them that I, I got to do. And at the end of it, he was like, you know, we don't have any more like Shibu dojos. There's no more branch dojos except for in Australia. And the guy who we sent to the U S a long time ago, his name was, um, Ogawa sensei. They said that he was dead. And I was like, no, he's, he's still alive. Like he's, uh, you know, He's, he's in Newport News. He's still training. He still has a dojo. He's still teaching. And they were like, no, he's dead. And I was like, oh, wow. I said, oh, okay. So I just kind of like, I left it alone. And, you know, kind of the, the intonation there was because we kind of came from that kind of lineage, we were not going to be allowed like back in, you know? So, oh. yeah. So when I came back to the U.S., uh, the instructor that I was with, we were kind of struggling with trying to find like a, a valid home. Um, long story short, he went in one direction and I went in a different direction because I did not, 
I didn't vibe with the direction in which he was going in. There was a lot of um, McDojo type stuff happening, lots of changes to some stuff. And all of a sudden, all of our certificates were being printed off and having like really cheesy, like samurai clip art, like added to the certificates. And I uh, just, I didn't love it. I didn't love it. It wasn't for me. Yeah. So um, a, a friend of mine who actually got his black belt at that same school was from a different uh, karate style altogether. Um, he was doing goju Ryu and then he moved to Virginia and had nowhere to go. And he kind of met up with me and I, I brought him in. And so he, he was like, hey, why don't, why don't I reach out to my sensei in Florida? You already know goju Ryu kata because I was competing with goju Ryu kata um, mm. through like AAU karate and as well as um, the American Federation of Martial Arts or they say AFMA. Uh, I was competing internationally with them doing like Suparempe, Kurarumpa, and Seipai. And, okay. You know, so it wasn't too much to learn like the rest of the syllabus. Uh, right. So um, Ray Sensei, who's down in Florida, his son and I started kind of, we started connecting a lot. Um, he started messaging me like videos. He would just sh send me like clips of Kata, of him doing like a portion of Seiyunshin, never like the whole Kata or anything, just like a portion. <laughs> right and he'd be like yeah, try try doing this like this like this is kind of the shobukan way all right so you're this. part of the shobukan then in i am now yeah okay I, at that point in time i wasn't i still wasn't like i hadn't even met them like in person yet i just was you know trying to get my foot in the door and then like a, a whole year passed and i uh that same friend and i went down to florida and we spent a week at Ray sensei's dojo uh in jacksonville and at the end of the week Ray Sensei tested me and gave me my shodan. I was already a yondan, but he gave me my shodan in, in Goju-ryu. And um, so about six months later, I brought Ray Sensei up to Virginia. We hung out and had barbecue and did a lot of karate. And he met my students. And from there, they brought me my certificates from Okinawa. Um, I looked at them and I thought, like, <laughs> these are really cool. They have no, like clip art uh samurai drawings on there there was no like you know everything was like hand painted and it, it was one of those just really um it was like an actualizing moment where i felt like i was finally part of something more legit something a little bit bigger than you know like the the garage dojo or something like that um which you know there's the garage dojo has its place and that's great and everything like that i'm not trying to knock anybody's uh set up or anything like that but it just felt nice to be a part of something bigger right and to have a path for for my own students to to continue to grow uh so anyways while he was there he invited me to go to okinawa with him later on that year um this is in 2016 and so we traveled to okinawa it was october we were there for 11 days they like brought me in officially into the the shobukan um I tested while I was there as well. I tested for both Nidan and Sandan in Goju Ryu and Sandan in Matayoshi Kobudo with the Zen Okinawa Kobudo Renmei. Um, and pretty much from there, I've been going back to Okinawa as frequently as I can, uh, continuing my relationships with uh, Takshi Seiki Sensei as well as Shinjo Kancho. And yeah, been. So you. You also, in addition, okay, so when you joined uh, the Shobukan and you, you had learned, you'd already known some Goju Kata and then they kind of transitioned to the, their 
way of doing things, if you will. But you right. also had already done Kobudo before? Yeah. So the systems that I was in, like Tongsudo has its own Kobudo curriculum built into the karate curriculum. Okay. It's not separate. Like, as a matter of fact, some of the some of the stuff that you have to do with the, they call it a bong, is a bow. Yeah. Um, but some of the stuff that you have to do, it's built into the actual karate curriculum. Like, it's not okay. separate. Uh, I didn't then, realize that. Yeah. And when I came to um, Virginia, it became the same the same thing. They, they were not separated. Like I, I started doing like bow and Sai and Nunchaku with the karate program that I was with, but it was part of my karate ranking. Like I had okay. to know this bow kata, this Nunchaku kata, this Sai kata, um, 100% of which were all made up by the instructor that I was with. And, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I typically scoff at that and now I'm typically like, you know, what are you doing? But also I look back and I'm like, well, everything was made up by somebody. And if I can find some application, you know, into it, then there, there's value. And um, I think the value for it was less about the application, but more the connectivity from mm -hmm. weapon to body yep. uh, that I started kind of developing because there there really is like when you start training kobudo it's really abstract because yeah. one you know people have a hard enough time doing karate like you know unless you like are are like a prodigy it, it's difficult to do right off right. the bat right and right. then all of a sudden you're going to throw in something that can move or you have to move in conjunction with these movements it, it becomes difficult so i was pretty grateful for having that like tangible experience to uh, when I started transitioning into Matayoshi Kobudo, I had already learned through like from various seminars, I had learned three different bokata. Um, and then I started doing some training with another gentleman up in Connecticut, uh, Matayoshi Kobudo. And I wasn't, when I had gone to Okinawa, I actually wasn't planning on testing in Kobudo. I wasn't really planning on doing any Kobudo at all, uh, but it kind of was, uh, I don't want to say forced on me, but I, I showed up to the dojo and Takshi Sensei literally put a bow in my hand and was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you knew though. So, so you already had knowledge of their specific kata already when you showed up. So kind of like what you were talking about in your experience with the Pinans, you know, the Embusin was pretty much the same, just the how the delivery method was a little bit different. Okay. Um, so there were, there were many tweaks many yeah. tweaks to be made but um at the end of the 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 time that i was there i think takshi sensei and uh koki miyagi sensei um who are the heads of the zen okinawa kobudo renmei i think they kind of saw that i wasn't just like a tourist doing mm -hmm. karate like i was mm -hmm. i was there for it so well we should yeah. talk about karate tourism later yeah okay okay that sounds like that should be a good a, a good uh uh, yeah. episode for us to discuss we might get in trouble with that one but let's do it <laughs> ah, you know yeah you know yeah. what's a little fun without getting in trouble that's right i'm with that so then where so then that you go to okinawa and then where where does that where does that put you now uh well that puts me with my like current karate family um i've been with shobukan now since uh technically 2015 um mm -hmm. but uh you know we're we're 
I feel like it's been a lot longer than that. Um, since yeah. 2016, I've gone to Okinawa every single year with the exception of last year because of COVID restrictions and lockdown and like not traveling there. Like I could feel it. Like I, mm-hmm. I felt that absence, you know, Absolutely. Uh, but luckily, luckily with all of that time that I have been traveling back and forth and developing the relationships, uh, Shinjo Kancho and I are like getting closer and like, he allows me to communicate with him via the line app. Mm-hmm. So every once in a while I will send him a video and, you know, try to get some feedback from him. But usually the feedback I get is, Oh, CB son, you know, looks good. Uh, let's train together again in Okinawa. <laughs> 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 so uh, yeah, I can relate to that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I've, 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 Oh, you know, obviously, Likewise, I, I have not been able to get to Okinawa. O- Oshiro Sensei is back in Okinawa now. He moved back in 2018, I believe, from California. Yeah. And uh, I likewise, I haven't been able to get there last year. And so every periodically, I'll, I'll send him some kata videos. Not, not kobudo. I'm, I'm kind of scared to send him a kobudo video. But I'll send him <laughs> a, a kata video. And uh, I'll get some very cryptic, sometimes cryptic uh, yeah. feedback yeah it's like well i guess people i guess i guess the fact that we're text messaging online is 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 kind of a victory in and of itself so it, it is it's progress right it really is progress yeah so i thought your last your last trip was in 2018 i thought you were in 2019 right before so he moved in 2018 oh true right he went he, to okinawa in 2018 right 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 and then uh, I made one trip in 2019, right after I arrived here where I'm at now. And then uh, very early in 2020, January of 2020, the Chinese New Year's, Lunar New Year's time frame, I was in Okinawa right when yeah. uh, COVID started to kick off and everything started, so was starting to uh, do that. So that interrupted my plans from last right. year, like everybody else's. So, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Hmm. So we've you've, you've, you've talked about your your karate and your kobodo but there's something else that that you're doing right now also karate related right uh what's that you i I might need a reminder (laughs) (laughs) competing oh competing yeah um so i i have been competing probably I didn't compete at all when I was in New York, but when I was in, when I started in Tong Sudo, we did one tournament every single year. And it right. was like the, the, the region eight championships. Uh, and that was all we did. And I fell in love. Like the first time I went, I was like, this is the coolest thing. This is the closest thing to like blood sport that I'm going to get. <laughs> I just, you know, it, I, I won, like I, I have fairly a, a competitive nature about me anyway. So like when I'm in the dojo and we're, uh, you know, doing kumite or doing kata, like I, I love to do better than the person who's standing next to me or <laughs> at least try to do better than the person standing next to me. And, and I think that kind of attributes to, um, you know, the, the successes that I have had because that, that has propelled me uh, further than you know the average person who may not be as competitive but is still loving you know karate so the right. the, the technical side kind of accelerated um but yeah I, I remember my my first competition it was over two days in pennsylvania 
And the first night was their weapons competition. We call Kogudo, but they would just said weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did a, a bow form. And I remember I was going through it. And I, in my mind, I was like, I have got first place. Like, I am crushing this. Like, nobody else is going nearly as good as I am. And I made a mistake. Like, as soon as I thought that, like, I made a mistake. I stopped. And, like, I... I was supposed to turn 180 degrees and I literally turned 90 degrees and went, ah, shit. <laughs> and then like had to, had to rotate the rest of the way. Still ended up getting second place, but then I got like really, really like motivated after uh-huh. that because I was like, I could have gotten first, like, but I was in my head. I got like too cocky about it in a, yeah. in a moment. Yeah. And um, the very next day I did forms. They call Hyungs. We say kata. Uh, we you know, I got first place in that. And then I got first place in their sparring division as well. So I was, I was really, really ramped up. Yeah. Um, and then it continued that way every year while I was in, um, as a matter of fact, from the time that I started competing in uh, Tung Sudo to the time that I stopped competing the year 2012. Okay. I have, I have never not meddled in any division that I have competed in. I've meddled in every single division at every single tournament that I've ever been in nationals, uh, you know, um, international tournaments or whatever. 2012, I stopped competing um, after competing in Panama where the AFMA Team USA won uh, everything that we did. And, you know, we, it was kind of a blowout. And then we, I was like, I'm just, I'm done competing. Like, I just, I, I want to focus on teaching now. I just opened my, my current dojo, Kokorozashi Dojo in Matthews in 2012. Um, and I just wanted to focus on that. Then kind of fast forward a few years, the WKF and the K is on the way was making headway with, you know, Olympic inclusion. Yep. And man, I, I was feeling really good about my competition history. Right. So I said, oh, man, I can do this. I can get back into this. It's only been like, you know, it's only been like six years uh, <laughs> since, uh, since I've competed. It can't be that different, you know, and um, my wife was very gracious enough to say, yeah, like, let's let's go for it. You know, I've, I've seen you. I know you are, are good. Let's go. And so I, I reached out to a, another friend and uh, started training at his dojo with some of his students who were kind of on the same track of competing with the USA Karate and um quickly learned that there was a lot that I needed to learn about yeah. the current state of competitive karate. Um, but that same year I ended up going to Okinawa to compete. I was going to Okinawa anyway, and there happened to be a WKF tournament, a series a series. A. Okay. Year. Yep. Matter of fact, that's the same year you and I met, but we didn't officially like <laughs> become friends until like the following year, but we yeah, met each other twice so. um, before I went to Okinawa. We went yeah. to New York and then went to Hobson Sensei's tournament. Yep, in, in, Hampton. Uh, in Hampton. Yeah, yeah. I, you, I was sitting. Ne- I did. I was sitting next to you, and yeah. uh, I asked you to record my kata. Yeah, I did. Yeah. And then uh, you, you. I was wearing my shuredo, my my competition shuredo, and I remember yeah. you. What was it you said? Uh, something about my shredo and like the Maserati of karate geese or something like something that. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> so I, Lamborghini or something. It was nice, nice karate gi. But um, I, it it was tough because you asked me to record you. You were competing against 
a good friend of mine and somebody that I still train with uh, fairly regularly, um, Kenneth McElmore. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah and he, and he won. Awesome. He won. Yep. yep. Which is, it would it still blows my mind that like he was even competing kata because he is a kumite athlete through and through. Uh, but at that time, he, he just loved competing no matter what. So, you know, it was. Well, I, th- I think we should, we should kind of put a pin in that, that conversation because that's like a whole nother. Yeah. Like I, I kind of, I, I've mentioned this briefly in, I believe my, my apex podcast, but that but I was. Think we actually, I think we actually have uh, a plan for this episode. Yeah. I think we do. I think we already yeah, have it. I think we, I think yeah. we, we might've, because that, yeah. that part of it was, you know, there was a mental aspect of that. I, I, you know, I, I admit that I allowed myself to be defeated before I even started. Like I, right. I, had, I, I had defeated myself yeah before the match even started because um, kenneth is fast man yeah he is fast fast yeah. so, trust me i fought him enough times i know <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so yeah. let's let's yeah yeah he was good and it was a great it, he, he did a great kata and you know i i he absolutely deserved to to, to win yeah. but i think we should yeah. we should save that that mental discussion for for another podcast yeah because uh I'd well like to but hear anyways your so back to what that. i was saying like yeah. i was i was recording you and like he was going and i had a hard time not like, uh, like o- allowing myself to be audible on your, your video. <laughs> That's outstanding. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was good. That, okay. that, was, that was fun. Yeah. But then it was, um, really, uh, the following year at the U S open. Yeah. Um, I was sitting in the stands and like a, a total ninja, you just came out of nowhere and you were like, Hey man, um, so why do you think that uh, Goju-ryu and Chito-ryu Super Empe, like the Embusen is different? And I was like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> Hello, first of all, like, it's good to see you again. <laughs> but also because Mabuni just like didn't know what he was doing. He was backwards, man, the whole time. Yeah. yeah. I actually that? think, it, I, I, uh, actually, I don't remember that part. Yeah. Um, but, uh. Yeah, we could we could we could also discuss that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, that's funny though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I, ju- I think I had just finished my division and um, I had like a real good black eye too. Yeah. Because uh, I I fought uh, somebody from Brazil and man, we we were beating on each other. We both walked out with like bruises and bloody noses and stuff. That was one of the. Um, closest to full contact matches i've had in any like wkf nkf uh, well, type of even that know. that's something that that we're going to talk about i've got on yeah. the notes because there you know that gets into you know some of the the pundits and the the criticisms yeah. that you see about yeah. olympic karate or wkf karate and you know and, and i and i i remember going looking back at pictures and video from the world championships in 1998 that I was at and <laughs> it's pretty yeah. bloody. Like you, pretty, yeah. if, if you're in the metal match and you have no blood on your dogie, like how did you get to the, become the, the gold? How did you get there? Yeah. I mean, you know, especially well, when you're you looking at, your well, now you got to change your gi. Yeah. But <laughs> back then, you know, you're talking about, especially like the, the, like John Fonseca's division, right? Like, or, yeah. or some of these, like the, the plus 84, right. The, the, the minus 84 division, like those, the, the, the yeah. big boys, they're in there slugging it out. 
Well, it's funny you say that because I competed in two different divisions in my uh, WKF career. I've competed in minus 67, and I've also jumped up to minus 84 and competed in two WKF tournaments in minus 84. Um, I got hit harder in minus 67 than I ever did in minus 84. Really? Yep. And if you go back and you look at my Instagram at JCB67 uh, and scroll back through my uh, posts about those mm-hmm. WKF Series A tournaments, you'll see that like most of them, I've got like a black eye or, a, or an <laughs> abrasion on my cheek or, you know, something that I picked up along the way that I was like, man, this is cool. I got to Instagram this, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For so, the gram. For the gram. Do it for the gram, for sure. Yep. So, so. yeah. So um, currently, uh, I haven't competed actually since the toronto wkf tournament it's been a few years now since i've competed due to injury and then you know covid happened and right uh, then i had a baby i was supposed to compete at nationals this year but my wife gave birth like literally the same week as nationals yeah it was about the same week i think yeah yeah so i i I didn't i didn't go out to that um but a, a good friend of mine eric jones he's on the u.s team he's getting ready to go to compete at the pkf um I've been training with him in the mornings and evenings and, you know, whenever we can just to help keep him fresh. And, you know, that's kind of keeping me, keeping the fires going for myself and looking at competing again in December of this year. Okay. And that's at us open, right? In Las Vegas. Yeah, that'll be, that'll, that'll be at us open in Las Vegas. Yeah. And are you going, are you planning to, I know there's only three series A scheduled for next year, WKF series A's. Are you planning on, on going to any of those? Um, I have been told that I'm supposed to go to at least one. Oh, yeah? Which one is that? I think it's in Shanghai. I don't know where that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll, see. we'll see what next year brings and you know yeah. what, what life with newborn brings and things like that. But I, I would like to, you know, especially with the alleviated pressure of no Olympic anything. Like, right. I would love to just go and compete for the fun of it. And, you know, as I was getting, as I was kind of winding down on that Olympic qualification process and dealing with the injury that I had and kind of coming to the realization that I had started way too late Mm -hmm. uh, to get back into it for Olympic qualification. um, I I was bogged down by the fact that I just wasn't having fun competing. Like it was so much fun traveling, but I was, I just wasn't having fun competing anymore. Right. And as I was looking at my performances, I could see that it was affecting, like, how I was fighting. Uh, Okinawa, I, I had a blast. And I think you can see that in the in the match. Like, if you go back and watch the video of it, man, I, I was having a good time. I, I, I smiled several times in it. I and mean, we had really good exchanges. But if you look at my last one in Canada, uh, you know, I, I had a really good fight with... Um, uh, Diego Silva from Brazil and it just it, the, the fun factor wasn't there for me although we were doing good exchanges and good techniques just the fun factor wasn't there for me and I didn't I didn't walk away from it like hungry for more right um, but I think it's starting to like kind of change from myself uh, you know I, I even see it in my own training like I'm starting to have a lot more fun with just freedom of movement and you know it, it, yeah it should be fun. So yeah, yeah it should be fun. be fun. Karate should be fun. Should be fun. So. If it's not fun, why do it? Yeah, exactly. 
exactly. So, all right. Well, I think we're, you know, we're, we're, we're running on here. And this was, like you said, in the beginning, this was supposed to be our short intro. Welcome to, to the podcast. And we've kind of, kind of gone right around uh, 40, 42 minutes or so. 40, 40 some minutes. Yeah, approximately. Yeah. So um, why don't we go ahead? We'll wrap it up here and yeah. then uh, we'll uh, save some of our more, I guess, substantive discussions maybe yeah. for, uh, for the next couple of episodes. Sounds good. All right. Well, so for our listeners out there, again, I'm your co-host, Michael Hagan, and our co-host, Jonathan CV. Yes, sir. And and, uh, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for joining us. And we hope that you will continue to join us as we go together on this this way of the fist, our our martial journey. And we, we talk about some of the things that we like about karate. So everybody, take care. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. Yep. Stay tuned for our next episode on Kata Difficulty. All right. All right. All right. We'll see you next time. See you next time.